All right, guys, give the Lord a hand. Come on. I can, come on. Quit it. Listen, uh, I said it in the first service and I meant it. And I want to say it again. Do we not have the best worship leader in West Tennessee? I mean, it's just unreal. If you're visiting with us uh, from another church and like, I'm like, he's the best worship leader in West Tennessee, you know it's true, okay? Like, we're so grateful. And we got the best box beater in West Tennessee. Uh, too. We're so grateful for these guys, and we're grateful for you being here. Again, why don't you go ahead and open up your cell phone and turn, go to gracebaptistfamily.com, and you can follow along with the message right there uh, on that Grace at Home tab. We're so grateful. We had an awesome time uh, earlier this morning in the first service, and we're just grateful to be with you guys doing it again. But I'm going to be preaching from First Thessalonians. So if you've got your Bible or you're not on that website, you open up your Bible app and turn to First Thessalonians. You know, and again, uh, for those of you maybe that uh, you just came in a few moments ago, if you're new to Grace or you've never been with us before, go to that GraceBaptistFamily.com and uh, hit that Grace at Home tab. There's that little form at the top. Just a couple of blanks. Fill it out. Send that to us. For every one of those we get in, we're going to donate five dollars to the Gleaners House over here in Henderson to meet needs in the community, so you'll be doing a good deed. But we're so glad to be with you guys this morning. You know, everywhere I go, it doesn't matter where you go or who you talk to, there's really only one thing that anybody is talking about, and that's what? The coronavirus, COVID-19. Everywhere you go, that's all you hear. That's all anybody is talking about, right? And that's why that's this weird life that we're living now, that's why we're meeting here like this this morning is because of this whole thing with the coronavirus, right? And the coronavirus we know is incredibly contagious. But there's another thing that's also incredibly contagious, and that is fear. Fear is incredibly contagious. Now, there's a lot of reasons why people might be afraid today. One of the reasons why you might be afraid is because the stock market, if you've got anything in the stock market, you've seen that going on. People are losing their jobs. They're getting laid off. Businesses are having to shut their doors. School is out. And so all these things are going on. There's a lot of reasons to be concerned. Evidently, we've got a global shortage of toilet paper. I'm not sure what that's about. But there's a lot of things to be concerned about. Now, it's something, I, I talked to some of the, uh, like Brother Ellis over here, I talked to some of our senior saints in the church. They say they've never seen nothing like this in their life. In the last 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, they've never really experienced anything that compares to what we're going through right now. And that means that a lot of people are afraid or they, they're living in fear. But the truth is, and, and we're worried about, even when you're talking to someone, you don't know they may have COVID-19. They may have the coronavirus. The truth is all of us are carrying something. I heard a pastor say this this week, and it really stuck with me, and I want to share it with you guys, is this fact that we're all carriers. We're all contagious. We're all carrying something. We are all exposing other people to something. Now, that thing that you're exposing people to, it, may be, it might be fear. And everywhere you go, you're afraid, and you talk about, and you speak in terms that are fear-like terms, and you're kind of spreading fear everywhere you go. There's others of you this morning, maybe everywhere you go, you're exposing people to faith, right? You're living in faith, you're not living in fear, and, and everywhere you go, you're exposing people uh, to your faith. But the bottom line is, is that whenever people get close to you, right, whenever people get close to you, they usually catch what you have. 
Whether you're living in fear, they're going to catch that. Or if you're living in faith, they're going to catch that too. If people get close to you, usually they're going to catch what you have. The only question is, is what you're exposing other people to, is it even worth them having? Is what you're exposing people to, is it worth them having? I mean, what are we giving to others uh, through our lives? Because many people are very afraid. So I want to talk about, Paul wrote this letter to the church at Thessalonica. Now, Paul, when he wrote this letter, uh, the church at Thessalonica, they were very afraid. They were living, um, they were being um, persecuted. They were losing their jobs. They were being hard-pressed on every side, right? So they were living in fear. It's very similar to the times that we're living in now. They're facing significant trials. So look with me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse number 2. Paul says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. He says, "When hey, he says, church at Thessalonica, whenever I think of you, I think of your work of faith, your labor of love, your patience in hope. And what was their hope in? It was in Christ Jesus. Not because of what was going on in their world where they're being persecuted. Their faith was in who Jesus was. and Their faith wasn't in what they were going through. And so Paul goes on to say this. Look at verse number 5. Paul says, For our gospel, the good news, did not come to you in word only, but also in power. He's saying, listen, we brought you the gospel, the good news, and the good news has power. Listen, a virus is contagious, fear is contagious, but the good news, the gospel, is contagious too. Imagine for just a moment, if I told you that I, I that we discovered a pill that 100% could cure the coronavirus, 100%, if you take this pill, you either won't get it or you will be healed. Do you think you would hear about that everywhere before lunch? It would be all over the internet, it would be all over social media, Fox News, CNN, right? It would be everywhere. They, good news, we've got a cure for the coronavirus. Good news. Listen, fear is contagious. But the good news, the gospel is contagious as well. And what I'd love to do is share with you the fact that we've got some good news. We've got some good news today. See, we're all infected with this sin virus. We've all got the sin disease. And Jesus, the good news is, he didn't come for the healthy. Jesus came for the sick. Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came for sinners, man, people like you, people like me, people who are broken, people who have a need. See, God didn't just shout his love to us from heaven, but he showed it to us here on earth. God didn't just shout the fact, hey, I love you guys. God came and lived among us and showed us that he loved us right here on earth. And when he stripped himself of all of his majesty and he came in his glory and he came to become one of us in the person of his son, Jesus, this Jesus born of a virgin, what does that mean? He didn't inherit the sin disease. Right from his earthly father, he 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 had that heavenly uh, 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 father, and therefore he was without sin, born of a virgin, without sin. He didn't have that sin virus. Befriended prostitutes. Jesus touched lepers. Jesus loved on people that religion turned away. I mean, let me ask you: Have you ever not felt very good spiritually? I mean, have you ever gotten to the point in your life where you know that you let God down, where you know that you've disappointed God? 
Have you got to that point in your life ever where you're like, man, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I went there. I can't believe that I thought that. And you know that you have disappointed God and you feel guilty and you feel ashamed. The good news is that Jesus didn't come for perfect people. Because if I could speak a little West Tennessee for a moment, because there ain't none. Jesus didn't come for perfect people, and that's good news. He came for people who are messed up. He came for people uh, who have sinned and fallen short of God's standard of holiness. He came for people like you, and he came for people like me, people who have hurt other people, people who have been hurt by others, people who've done things that they're ashamed of and they're not proud of. Jesus came for those people, and that's good news. And it's good news that you're not made right with God by your own good works, but by faith and by the grace of Jesus Christ. Right? The only one who is perfect. He gave his life on the cross, died in our place. He's the perfect sacrifice. And that is good news. And the good he didn't stay dead. On the third day, his heavenly father resurrected him from the dead. And God raised him so that anybody, anywhere, anytime, any place who's ever done anything at all could turn to him and be forgiven of their sins once and for all and forever. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what they say about you. All that matters is that you turn to Jesus. Anyone who calls on his name will be forgiven, will be changed, will be redeemed. He will save you from hell. The Bible is clear, right? The Bible, we talk about this all the time, right? Who among us would say that we never told a lie, we've never stolen, we've never used God's name in a frivolous manner? Who would ever dare say they've never committed a, a, adultery with someone in their heart? Jesus says, if you look at a woman with lust, you commit adultery with her in your heart. We're all lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterators at heart. God's word says all liars and blasphemers will have their part in the lake of fire. But the good news says that anyone, anytime, anywhere who trusts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, right, will be redeemed and forgiven. But he doesn't just save us from an eternity in hell. He saves us to live a life of purpose and mission right here, right now. It is good, good news that we can be made right uh, with God through Jesus. And that good news is contagious, man. How do I know? Because some of you've got it and I've got it. I caught it from somebody else and you did too. That good news that Paul is talking about, it's worth spreading. I mean, you're spreading something. You're exposing somebody to something, but is it worth them having? See, if you've got Jesus, you've got that good news virus. But my only question is, is it real? Is it real? Look at Paul goes on to say in verse 8, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. He said, for from you, from the people, from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. He's saying your faith is so strong, right, that people everywhere, the word of God has gone everywhere because of you, the God, word of God is sounded out. People know. What if your faith in God, what if your relationship with Jesus was so strong, so important, so meaningful to you that everywhere that you go, when you go to work, when you come home, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, people recognize Jesus in you. That people knew that you were a person of faith and not fear. That when everybody else was, uh, was acting scared and acting afraid, you've got that peace that comes from God that surpasses all understanding. That you're leaning on Jesus and not yourself. 
that even in dark times you believe in the goodness of God, that even in difficult times you trust the goodness of God, even in hard, the hardest times you recognize that God will never leave you, he'll never forsake you. Scripture says, that verse says, the word of God sounded forth, it rang out, it literally echoed, it was spreading everywhere. See, when you catch a passion for Jesus, what you have will spread. When you catch a passion for Jesus, when you catch a passion for God, what you have will spread. Right? You're going to be contagious. They're going to get what you have when you have a passion for Jesus. When you love the things that he loves, what we have will begin to spread. Let me give you some examples from Scripture. One time Jesus raised a little girl back to life from the dead. In Matthew 9, 26, it says, And the report of this went out into all the land. Everybody heard about it. One time, Jesus cast out some evil spirits. Mark chapter 1, verse 28, it says, And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Whenever God would use his disciples to do a miracle, Acts chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. When God, when you have a passion for the things of God, God will use you, and the result of that will be dis, uh, disciples will multiply greatly. I mean, how does this good news spread today? When we as believers demonstrate a work of faith, a labor of love, and patience of hope. When we have faith, love, and hope because of Jesus. Faithful work, loving deeds, enduring hope in Christ Jesus. You're exposing people to something. The question is, what are you exposing them to? Who are you pointing them to? What are you pointing people to? Are you pointing them to the only hope they have, Christ Jesus? Or are you pointing them to something they're going to have to get a vaccine from later on? Where are you pointing people? What are you exposing them to? Listen, guys, fear is contagious. But the good news is faith, hope, and love are contagious too. Fear is contagious, and, and, but so is faith, so is hope, so is love. And what are we as believers? We're hope dealers, we're faith spreaders, we're love givers, and we're light shiners. We talked about it last week. We're people of faith, not people of fear. We're givers. We're, we're givers. We're not takers. And not only that, but we recognize that we're going to let our light shine, that no matter how dark it gets, the light only shines brighter. You are the church. We are the church. And God has given us a mission. God has given us a message, and our message, the good news of Jesus Christ, is the hope of the world. The message of the church is the only hope that this world has. The scientists can't solve your, our problems. The government can't solve our problems. Listen, nobody can solve our problems. The great difference maker, the chain breaker, Jesus Christ, is the only hope that this world has. Because if you get the coronavirus and you die, right? You're saved, you're going to heaven. Problem solved. But if you're not saved, you're going to bust hell wide open. And nothing, there is no vaccine, there is no shot, there is no cure. An eternity in a place called hell. We've got the message, the good news of Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. And that message that, that doesn't change, the mission doesn't stop, the mission doesn't end. We can't stop, we won't stop until Jesus calls us home. Listen, if we can't gather together physically, what do we do? We did it digitally, right? And where God's kingdom is going to continue to spread, the devil can't stop us. He can't defeat us. The Christ has already won us the victory. 
Maybe God has called you to start being a digital evangelist, start spreading that junk that you're spreading all over the Internet, and start sharing some Jesus. He's given you a platform. Are you using it for him? But listen, guys, if we can't meet digitally, we can't do a drive-in church, we'll do something else. We'll get together on walkie-talkies, 10-4. We'll do smoke signals. We'll tie two cans to either end and talk to each other. We will do whatever we have to do to complete the mission that Jesus has given us because he's already won the victory for us. We can't stop. We won't stop. And Christ has won the victory. As a church, we're going to continue to do whatever God has called us to do. As a Grace Baptist Church, we're going to continue to do what others are unwilling to do. As a church family, we're going to continue to do what others are afraid to do, to reach people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to reach West Tennessee, America, and the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. Because no matter what, we can still pray. We can still serve. We can still give. We can still care. We can still witness. We can still love one another. Matter of fact, Jesus one time said, how you love one another is how they're going to know that you're really mine. Look at it in John 13, verse 35. John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. They will know that you're Jesus' disciple by the way you love one another, by the way you love. So what we're going to do is, church, we're going to keep on loving. We're going to keep on serving. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on giving. And we're going to keep on moving as we're led by God to do what God has called us to do. Why? Because we're faith spreaders. We're love givers and we're hope dealers. Jesus is the good news that can change lives. Jesus is the only hope that we have. I've got hope in my Savior and in Christ alone. My hope is that the one who spoke all things into existence, my hope is in the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God, the one who heals the blind, who opens deaf ears and has the power to raise the dead, the one that literally holds the future in his hands. That's why we've got hope and we don't live in fear because of Jesus. It's his name that's the name above all names, the soon-returning, conquering King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is the door that we enter through. He's the spiritual bread that strengthens our soul. He's the one who delivers the captives. He's the one who heals the broken and strengthens the weak. He is our provider. He's our comforter. He is our source. He is our strength. He is our redeemer. He is our rock. He is our sustainer. He is our assurance. He is everything. He is our firm foundation. He is our shelter in time of trouble. He is our light when the world is dark. He is the Prince of Peace and He is the Lamb of God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the resurrection and the life. His goodness is indescribable. His goodness is absolutely amazing. His power is incomprehensible. His grace is unimaginable. At His name, darkness trembles. In His presence, demons flee. Like the preacher said, death could not defeat Him. The grave could not hold Him. He is the risen King of kings and the Lord of lords our hope is in jesus Guys, right there in your cars, would you pray with me for just a second? Bow your heads in just a moment of prayer. I know that many of you here, uh, you're a believer. You're saved and you know that you're saved. My prayer for you is that you'll be on mission, man. 
The mission hasn't changed. The message hasn't changed. But the world's different today than it was a month ago. And we've got to be willing to do what others aren't willing to do to reach those far from Christ. Is that your prayer right now? You're like, God, make me a hope dealer, a love giver, a light shiner. Lord, help me to expose people to your love. I hope that's your prayer this morning. But look, maybe there's some of you. Look up for just a second, guys. Look up before, before we pray. There's some of you here. You do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I mean, it's awesome that you're here. I mean, drive in church. This is so cool. But ultimately, what does it mean if you don't have Jesus? Look at this verse in John chapter 3, verse 36. It's got the good news, bad news. It says, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Good news. But the bad news, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. What does that mean? That means if you die, if you perish, a lying, thieving, blaspheming, adulterator at heart, and you've never turned to Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, and you say no to Jesus now, See, Jesus right now is saying yes, but if you say no to Jesus now, someday if you go into eternity without Christ, he's going to change his yes to a no. In other words, he's going to put his no with your no. And you're going to spend an eternity separated from, separated from God paying for your sins. But the good news, the good news is the first part of that verse. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Do you have everlasting life? Do you know that you have everlasting life? That you've been forgiven? Guys, it's so simple that children can understand it. It's so deep we know we'll never get to the bottom of it. But you don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to intellectualize it. God has done everything for you. It's as simple as this. Do you recognize that you're a sinner in need of God's forgiveness and grace? Right? You just come to Christ. You say, God, I'm a sinner. And you turn from your sin. Repent. That's the Bible. You repent from your sin and you turn to Jesus and you say, Jesus, save me. Save me. Tell him, say, Lord, I'm putting my faith not in my good works, not in anything that I could do, but I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection for my salvation. Jesus, all of me, I'm giving to you. And you come to Christ, man. You pray a prayer like that. You do business with God. He will save you. Why don't we pray one more time? Will you bow your head and close your car, uh, close your eyes? Say, close your cars. It's right there in your car. You can pray right now. Pray for those in the car next to you. And maybe simply just, if you're here and you know that you're not saved, maybe right now, man, and just in your heart, you can humble yourself enough to admit to God who already knows and simply say, Father God, I'm a sinner. But Lord, I turn from my sin and I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Tell him, say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection. All of me, all of you, Christ alone, none of me, save me, Jesus. Listen, if you pray a prayer like that, I want to promise you on God's word. According to God's word, you've been saved, you've been forgiven, you've been redeemed. The Bible is clear. It says anyone, anyone, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to encourage you, man, if you just prayed that prayer, you just got saved. Once you hit that link, gracebaptistfamily.com, grace at home, hit that little submission and, and turn that in and give us a little note so that we can be praying for you. Maybe you're here and you're, you know that you're saved and you're redeemed, but you know you need to start dealing in hope. You need to start sharing the light and giving others the love that we desperately need at this time. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you as we continue to worship to do business with God. Father God, we surrender this time to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let love explode and bring
Amen. Give the Lord a hand real quick. Church, come on. Thank you guys so much for being with us this morning. This was awesome. We're doing this again next Sunday. So just make plans to come back next Sunday right here. We're doing it again. 